Hey guys, it's Mackenzie, and welcome to another episode. I've decided to just title the episodes the person's name that I'm interviewing because coming up with catchy titles is sometimes tricky, but I want you to listen to Suzanne's story, and Suzanne is a mom of adults now, but she talks about what it was like finding out her child had autism and what it's like now as a mom of an adult son with autism. Suzanne did a phenomenal job sharing her story, and I left with a lot of insight, not only to her life, but just in general, about making sure we take care of ourselves as teachers, even as adults in the workplace, you know, taking time for ourselves. Suzanne did a a great job sharing those things and lots of other little nuggets throughout. I hope you enjoy this episode with Suzanne. All right, friends, I am here with Suzanne and Suzanne, and I've known each other for, it feels like a hundred years because (laughs) I've been teaching that long. (laughs) And so Suzanne's from the first school that I ever taught at, and um, I'll just not forget that she was just so kind and welcoming and, um, bubbly everybody just like loved her <laughs> and so I just I always watched <laughs> it's like I want to be like that wow <laughs> um all right how long have you been teaching well I retired from teaching Ooh. I know even though I'm still very young oh. I retired <laughs> at the end of last August right. after 30 years sorry oh Um, What made you want to be a teacher? Well, um, I really always loved being with kids and working with kids, and I really had a passion for special needs. But at the time, my college did not offer a special ed uh, major, so I just tried to make my career about including special needs kids into my regular classroom. And you always did. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, All right, so did... You have children before you started teaching? No, I wasn't even married. Okay. And I met my husband through a teacher at my school, and she is my sister-in-law. That's how we met. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, she married my husband's brother. That, like, never happens. It did you know? a lot at my first <laughs> really? school. <laughs> really? I went to the wrong school. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want you to give a little background about your family who they are, who you guys are. Okay. Well, we're the Pruitts, and I have Jeff, my husband, and Jack, and Caroline. And Jack is now 23, and Caroline's 22. She just finished at UGA. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff and I are going to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary on the 27th of this month. How about I know. Um, so, will you talk a little bit about Jack? I remember... We worked at the same school, and so Caroline was teen, teen to mm-hmm. me, and um, Jack was not there, but then you transferred him right. over, right. and so I had no idea you had a son, <laughs> <laughs> And then, but then I got to watch you as a mom because you, you know, you just fought for him differently than you did Caroline, and so I want you to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to go back and talk yeah. about like him first? 
being diagnosed and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, he was like a normal, healthy baby. Um, and But about 13 months, he wasn't talking. And he had friends and cousins that were the same age that were. I mean, he had a few words, but then he started losing them. And he could get kind of upset about things that didn't seem like normal to get upset about and so my brother was in the early early stages of his pediatric career he was a pediatric he is a pediatrician and we were at a barbecue at his house and he said um you know he has autism right oh my gosh <laughs> I know what a great place to know <laughs> but it was good because at that time pediatricians were still saying well, he's a boy. He'll grow out of it. Mm-hmm. And they don't do that as much now, thank goodness. But because he said that, I mean, yeah, we grieved. We were sad. Um, but the next day, we called, um, like, our pediatrician and tried to get started with uh, Babies Can't Wait and Challenge Child and Friends. And so we just, like, jumped on it. Perfect. Yeah. And there's so <laughs> many resources. Yeah. So was it a softer blow coming from, like, a family member than like standing in the doctor's office it was but then after that I had to go through all the babies can't wait mm-hmm. testing and stuff and that that's really painful to watch as a parent is it yeah it is I mean well, do it if you have a child with special needs yeah. it's worth it but it's painful it's a great resource yes but. It's a bit, it's wonderful. Well, and you you probably know at that point what kids should be doing. Yes. And so you're watching him not be able to do all these things. Right. And, but he was able to like do things like pattern with Legos and stuff that we think about autism, but at the time that was a huge deal in our second grade curriculum. I was like, "Oh, look, he's advanced." <laughs> but then that's when Daniel was like, no, he has autism. And, I mean, that's really how he said it, and I think that's how he's run his career as a pediatrician, you know, not sugarcoating, so. Being very honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's what people really need. Um, all right, so he started in, like, Babies Can't Wait. He's, yes, he started Babies Can't Wait, like, at about, it was probably closer to 16, 17 months old, because you do have to go through the testing and, like, it's an ISFP instead of an IEP before before um, elementary school. Yeah, so he did that. He went to Challenge Child twice a week. We had people that came to the house. And not only is that tiring, it's very expensive. And it that's, that's a big strain on the family. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. So when they came to the house, did you guys have to pay for that? Or yeah, oh my we, gosh. Well, it's part of babies can't wait, but you have to pay part of it. Oh wow, I yeah. did not know that. It may be different now. I mean, that's a yeah, long time, a long ago. time ago. But <laughs> but even still, you know. Yeah, it's a lot. To have to, somebody come to your house. Yeah, but thank goodness they were really kind, and I, I was a teacher, so. Um, I kind of knew how to relate to them, and my husband was married to a teacher, so I needed to stay out of the way of them. <laughs> and so it was good, though. So once you started that, you know, the program, did you see changes? Yes, um, but both ways, like n- not too much regression 
but I guess I want to say like, yes, we saw progress, but then we also didn't see as much progress as I had hoped. Mm-hmm. But that didn't have to do with the um, therapies. It had more to do with where Jack was. Oh, wow. Tell me more about that. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm like, tell me more. Well, there, there's a lot. Obviously, the mind controls the body. Mm-hmm. And he's always been, he gets this from his dad, but very athletic and very um, coordinated. But, like, one thing he couldn't do was um, he couldn't pedal a bike. And because if you think about doing that, it's you're having to use both sides mm-hmm. of your brain and they're crossing. And I also put the kids in swim when they were very, very young. I wanted them to be good swimmers, and they really are. But the first time he was able to do a freestyle with both arms, I cried because I knew it meant that he was starting to cross the midline and use both sides. How old was he? Probably eight. Wow. I mean, he's an excellent swimmer, and she is too. Um, She lifeguards and teaches swim lessons now, so... That was kind of a goal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's not only good for your body, but if you think it is, you know, you're using your brain, you're using your muscles. Yes. And also, like, the water is like, if you think about how good you feel when you get in the pool, Mm -hmm. it's because it's like a deep pressure hug. Mm -hmm. And so I always encouraged parents that had kids that were not necessarily autistic, but just a little dysregulated, like, hey, get them in the swim. Get them on swim team. Mm-hmm. And for one thing, like, even with Jack being special needs, he started doing swim team when he was in second grade or the summer after. And, um, you know, swim coaches, they don't have time to mess around. They just holler at everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's good for them. Like, just yeah. get in there and go. You're No one's going to baby you about this. So does he like it? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I wondered, like, is it just you make him go, or no? Really I mean, like he doesn't it? do swim team anymore, but he obviously, but he, um, he adores swimming. Hmm. Yeah, I never thought of that. It's really good. It's really good. It's pretty. And I mean, you do feel good when you're in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about that, so you, you do. Hmm. It's it. Uh, the parents that I've encouraged to do that have found a lot of success with it mm-hmm. for their kids. Um, so, do you just go to like the local, like where I'm at? There's the local YMCA. Um, we haven't. I, I, we don't have a pool in our new neighborhood, so we don't get to swim as much as we as I would like for him mm-hmm. to, or for Caroline. But sometimes mm-hmm. he'll go with her when she does lessons somewhere and mm-hmm. swim in the pool. Okay, so um, he's still doing it. Oh, yeah, and in fact, I hope this is okay to, like, I'm not trying to go on a tangent, but he, um, a few years ago, my husband had been sick, and so he wasn't as strong as that summer. We were at the Gulf, and it was a red flag, and they quickly changed it to double red flag, but my husband, Jeff, he got stuck. It wasn't really a rip current, but it was almost mm-hmm. And Caroline, being the lifeguard, stayed near him, just talking to him out in the water. And Jack swam in across all that current, got a boogie board, swam back out, and they pulled him in. I was oh like, God. Yeah, so like at 18 and 19, they pulled their dad out of. But to know, like. <laughs> what to do? What to do and <laughs> yeah. how to. Because you just can't go straight out. No. So. No. 
And to know to do that. That's, mm-hmm. And he, to be strong enough to do that. Yes, and he's very strong. Both of them are physically strong. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, just a little mom brag there. That, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good skill to have, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Like like I said, you've never treated him any differently. And so, like, you had the same expectations mm-hmm. for him. Right. Um, what are some, like, do you have any stories? Like, obviously, the swim. Yeah. But were there any other times that you just, like, pushed him? Or you fought for him to have what, you know, you knew he needed? Um, yeah. Throwing this on you. There's probably <laughs> more than one, but, like... One, well, early on, because I had been a teacher before I had kids, I knew what I didn't want, and I didn't want them to be dependent on me all the time. And so when we first went through the Babies Can't Wait stuff, they were like, okay, well, what does he do, like, if he wants a cup to get some juice? And I said, well, you know, he's 15 months, 13, you know, somewhere right in there. I said, he climbs the counter and opens the door and gets his... Shut up! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I just didn't want him up my tail all the time. They were like, no, you need to um, make him wait and learn to ask. And so I had to take that into consideration and tried, but I tried to temper their advice with what I knew in my heart. Mm -hmm. So we worked on, yeah, you can still get your cup, but we're going to learn to say cup or try to learn to say cup. Right, teach him independence, but also, right. like, we have to use words. And yes. You can't do everything by yourself. Yes, which seems counterintuitive. Right. What um, are some, what's his plan moving forward? You, he has a job. He obviously. does have a job. He finished high school, and they don't officially graduate high school, even though he went through the graduation ceremony, until he finished Lanier Career and College Academy. College Academy um, in Oakwood, and so he worked every day with that program. Like they would take him to job sites, and another little mom brag: he went like some kids might go to two, some might go three, but he went every day. They had a job, and one of the places, Benny's Pizza on Lanier Islands Parkway (laughs) in Buford, offered him a, a job, so he works. One thing I will say, it's difficult for an adult, and I'm working with a group right now that is trying to help adults, young adults with special needs, or even older adults that don't drive. Transportation's a big issue for them to get to work. They want to go to work, but they don't necessarily have someone to take them. So I'm working with an organization that uh, is trying to remedy that. I mean, that's huge because I can think of kids right now that are like I want to work at a daycare right but they can't always get there right and so but they want to they do want to and also um social security kind of you know social security is not a big payment at all but it limits the amount of hours that he can work so there's a lot that still needs to be corrected Mm -hmm. for people with special needs. Right. In our state, uh-huh. not in just our, in, in our, our communities. Right. Exactly. Hmm. 
Um, okay, so was it hard, like you're teaching, I have a hard time teaching and managing dogs. So, <laughs> was it hard to manage teaching and then trying to raise two kids and one with more needs? Was that harder for you? Um, was it a hard balance? It was exhausting. I'm just going to be really candid. It was in, when the kids were little, um, I was teaching kindergarten. So that's oh like, I don't know. The one thing that was maybe good was I kind of knew what my kindergartners liked because I knew what my own kids liked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was exhausting. But uh, I, so I would, I don't know, I just, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and like I lost my own mom when I was pregnant with Jack. And then um, I, I was caring for my dad at the same time that all this other was going oh my on. Gosh. It was it was exhausting, but yeah. you know through the grace of God and a lot of friends that supported us, we got through it. Was there like a strong community that came around you to help you with Jack? Yes, um, it, with my like very dear college friends, you know, growing up mm-hmm. friends. And I I really feel like Jack has been blessed and Caroline to be raised by teacher friends because they don't have time to put up with anything. You know, it's like yeah. Jack, do it, Jack, go, Jack. You know, yeah. they're kind to him and they they'll reach out for him, but then they also have those same expectations. So right. I think that made a big difference for both my kids. Mm-hmm. Well, they know what you expect of your children. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Uh, that sounds like a lot. How did you, um, like, you don't have time for yourself at that point. No, and that's that's something I've spent the year since retirement working on. I mean, it's taken all this time. And if I was giving advice to young parents of special needs kids or young teachers who work with special needs kids or any kids, um, find a way to take care of yourself. You don't have to stay at work so late. You don't have to just find a way. I know it sounds hard, and I always felt like people would say, well, you need to take care of yourself. Well, at that time, I took it like, you just gave me one more person to take care of, Mm -hmm. and I don't have time for that. But you have to find a way. Oh, that's, like, I've never thought of it that way. (laughs) Now i got to take care of myself. (laughs) Great. Exactly. It's one Um, more person, one more thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so because you fought so hard for Jack, mm-hmm. I've, I've watched you, like, <laughs> talk to other parents, and you're like, you'll kindly come across the table, <laughs> and you'll just look at them, and what was some of the advice you've given parents that you're like, obviously, you've given a great piece of advice oh. saying, take care of yourself, mm-hmm. um, because you can't take care of your kid if you're not no. taking care of yourself. But um, what's a piece of advice that you've given over the years? Um, One of the main ones is to remember that whatever, if it's CP, autism, whatever it is, that's one part of your child's life. It's not everything about them. Like, I don't want someone to say, you're just fat. You know, you are so much more than that Mm -hmm. because that takes pressure off of you. And it takes pressure off the child. When the child becomes the family's whole existence, like say their autism becomes the family's whole existence, 
that's number one a lot of pressure on that child that child's carrying the emotional load of the family and that's not fair yeah but if they're um you know just there's lots of things about your kid and this is just one part and then I think it really helped me to be able to be on both sides of the table as a parent and as a teacher and even when it came to Jack's um, IEP meetings I was able to you know I might think no that's not what I want to do and then I would think they're experts with this and they see them in the classroom and I really need to respect them as teachers and try what they've asked and that helped a lot it was hard to do but it helped right well you the jack you get at home is probably a different jack absolutely it's cool and so absolutely you have to you have to trust but also you still have to fight if you need to fight absolutely like he was in Gwinnett County and they kept trying to move him further and further away from us we lived in Gwinnett at the time and um I would call and speak to somebody and they're like well no nothing we can do about it and I'd say okay thank you and I'd call their supervisor because everybody has a boss mm-hmm. and I, a couple times I ended up talking to the superintendent um, saying no we're not doing this you know we, we have to do this and that's something I've told parents to fight for your kids but fight fairly and fight with like a background of where you're going mm-hmm. you know so Jack wasn't at the school with you he wasn't until fifth grade mm-hmm. I right? remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really big deal and believe it or not it was kind of hard to bring him because we have built a community with this Gwinnett County mm-hmm. people but it was good for him to come and the reason we did bring him well there was two um, like I said they keep kept trying to move him and mess with him and then we we wanted him to go to the local middle school and high school so we thought if he came in fifth it'd be a transition mm-hmm. an easier transition getting to know kids and don't you think um the community in this area is just fantastic yes and very, very if you much. had stayed in Gwinnett I think it would have been a different probably outcome maybe yeah and um that's is it okay to name our school? Sure. Okay. <laughs> and it's Spout Springs Elementary or School of Enrichment. We, um, it is a community within the school of trying to take care of these these kids, like just include them. And when Jack went to middle and high, the teachers would tell me they could tell who the Spout Springs kids were because of the way they treated kids with uh, different needs. Isn't that a good feeling? It, it was awesome. Because it wasn't, I remember just when I left that com, that community, mm-hmm. it was, it's a different, it's not that way everywhere. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Right. And so you just look and you're like, wow. Like, right. What, what that was was special. It re- so. was very special. And it's only because of the staff, the teachers, mm-hmm. the parents, mm-hmm. you know, and, and most of all the kids. Yeah. People don't give kids enough credit. Right, right. Um, all right, so you're retired. Mm-hmm. What does the future look like for you? Well, I thought I would go right back into work, and I did a interview for a couple jobs that went really well, but because of logistics with what teacher retirement, the TRS will let mm-hmm. you do, 
um, things didn't work out. But now I've kind of seen it as like maybe God was saying no just to give me some time to rest mm-hmm. physically and mentally just to rest. Because you probably need that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> when you think that you've been going this hard for this long and you don't know any different. When I first retired, I felt like I was going a little bit crazy because if you're going that fast for that many years, when you stop, it's mm-hmm. j- jarring. I feel that way in the summer. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult because yeah. you imagine you go, 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 go. Right. From like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. sometimes. And, right. And here you are. You just stop all of a sudden. It is like a, a morning time. It's exactly what it felt like. A morning and... I mean, I was ready to retire for sure, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's a morning for Mrs. Mrs. Pruitt, you know, and mm-hmm. for all those, just who you feel like you are, which is another reason to take better care of yourself so it doesn't become your whole identity. So, who are you now? I am Suzanne Pruitt. I have, <laughs> I'm retired. <laughs> I'm retired. I've gone blonde with my hair. I've spent time working on me, and I feel younger than I did at the beginning of my retirement. Actually. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it really is. Probably but it's just, great because you can sleep in. Yeah, and, and just you don't know how much stress is on you as a teacher and as a teacher mom or teacher parent. Um, until you're you're done. And even if you're not a parent, your this stress is unreal. And it's, it's, it really <laughs> You're <is>. not wrong. <laughs> um okay, so one of the things that I will not ever forget about you is that you always loved animals. You were uh-huh. always finding animals, helping animals find a home. Um your kids volunteered, Caroline, I know, volunteered yeah. at the animal shelter. Do you guys still do that stuff? We do. We don't work with that animal shelter as much anymore and we we kind of slowed down like we would have several fosters at a time and now we'll just do like one or two but when Caroline went to UGA she got involved right away um, with the animal control over there and then when she moved off campus her junior year she and her roommate fostered. Oh, stop. And it was funny because her roommate grew up fostering, oh. too, so they really bonded. Listen, I, it's hard. It is hard. I don't do it. <laughs> it's but very I've hard. watched people mm-hmm. um, foster, and then some with, like, tiny kittens, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you're bottle feeding it, what, every two hours, yeah. I feel like. yeah. So it's a lot, it's a big commitment. It is, but it is a wonderful thing to do. And I'm not trying to sound real preachy, but with everything we've ever tried to do, try to do it for the glory of God, you know, like those animals, you know, for the glory of God. And How many did you end up keeping? Uh, That's the real question. <laughs> not as many as okay. you would think. People always ask, how do you let them go? Well, because you know that they're going to a good home. Mm-hmm. And you know that there's another one that needs you. But our oldest little Yorkie, he passed away earlier this spring. And so we just adopted our latest foster <laughs> like three weeks ago. Oh, so you're still fostering? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's Listen, I couldn't do it. Probably yeah. because I would 
keep them on. No, you really wouldn't. <laughs> you will? No, you will It's time for you to go. <laughs> and fostering is a wonderful thing, and shelters are super overcrowded right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, after the pandemic, when people fostered or got dogs and cats and then decided, hey, I don't want to do this, we ended up with lots of animals in shelters. So support your local shelter. Yes. See how <laughs> what you can do. Um, okay, so I always try to end with what is the best teacher hack or tool. So I'll tell you, I bought a bag um, off Amazon, and I just it was my best teacher bag. I could pack so much stuff in it. <laughs> I could hide papers in it in my grade, um, and it was fantastic. The straps never broke, no matter how much was in it. Mm. Um, Winnie, you know, chewed it. Yeah. So that didn't last any longer than... (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't Winnie done. (laughs) Um, The bag has retired. But I asked this question, and, you know, I always... I'm like a material Mm -hmm. answer, you Mm -hmm. know. And then... But people started giving me these great answers Mm -hmm. of, like, I need meditation. You know, and I was like, whoo. Okay. Yeah. So y'all are much better than me. And I'm like, <laughs> I got my bag. <laughs> so what is like a hack, a tool um, for a teacher? Is it okay if it's not material? Yes. <laughs> okay. And it may be a little long-winded. I hope not. No, but um, be organized, but be flexible. And definitely parent communication from the get-go. My mom told me before I started teaching, that's somebody's one and only. Even if they have 12 kids, that's their one and only Mm -hmm. McKenzie. Mm -hmm. You know, and you need to respect them as such. And that changes your perspective. And then also, um, know your stuff. I know the whole relationships before rigor is very important. But you can take that too far. Like if I'm going to take scuba lessons from you, I want to know that you know how to scuba dive before I care if you're nice to me or not. (laughs) You know, that sounds counterintuitive, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And don't say friends. They're not your friends. I would always say we're the Pruitt family. To me, family has a different connotation. Mm -hmm. Yes, we love each other. We support each other. We care for each other. But there's still a lady in charge of this thing, you know. And (laughs) And it's me. (laughs) And it's me, not you. Um, and just, just be willing to, to grow. I mean, I was always trying to learn even until my last days, um, learn from the younger teachers, learn from the parents. So just, and give yourself some grace, give the kids some grace, give yourself some grace. Mm -hmm. I, um... I'm like choking back tears. So I, um, in my classroom, we are family. Yeah. And I think about, you know, was it Lilo and Stitch, you know? Oh. Um, oh, what's the word again? Ohana. Ohana, you know, <laughs> means family and nobody gets left behind. Yeah. And that's like what I teach from the yeah. beginning. Like, you know, outside of this classroom, if somebody says something to one of us, uh-huh. we're going after them. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah. And so like we... You know, we fight for each other. That's right. And so we can fight in here, but outside of this room, we're going to fight for each other. And so... And 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 the other side of that is, I'd be like, 
the Pruitt family doesn't act this way. Mm-hmm. You know, we represent ourselves well. Oh, and then like they're that. like, we got family pride. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, every morning I would have a little quick meeting with my kids like, hey, did y'all sleep last night? Raise your hand if you didn't. And then they would just, you know, and that could go off the rails fast. You have to control <laughs> it. <laughs> but it yeah. just gives, you know, and I'd also have, hey, how are you time in the morning. So, like, five minutes on the timer. Go around talk to your friends. We don't run. We don't shout. But, hey, how are you? I mean, when I come to work, I want to talk to my friends. Right. And they just need that little time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think flexibility, too, uh-huh. is so important. It and that's, is. You know, you can come in with this great plan. Yeah. How many times have you planned something great and yeah. it goes off? Just how you, it doesn't. It never does. Exactly. And that's where giving yourself grace comes in. Mm -hmm. And and you learn from that. Yeah. You do learn from it for sure. Um, And so, as a mama of a special needs child, or just even a mama, Mm -hmm. what is a resource, a tool, a hack that you have? Okay. I did kind of give myself some (laughs) hints on this. Um, That you need to give yourself time and space to grieve. Because this isn't what you expected. Like, my husband always played football and, you know, baseball and basketball. And, you know, that didn't work out for Jack. But we still put him on different teams. And, um, but give yourself time to grieve that things aren't going to turn out the way you thought. And that's really important. But then also, um, setting, you know, setting the expectations. But I think we've covered that a lot. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just maybe understand that there's the dysregulation may not be, you don't understand it, but you can give it some grace and give it some space with your kids and yourself when you start feeling panicked or stressed. And one of the biggest things is to be open and honest with people about what's going on with your child so that people can support you. They don't always. You're going to come up against people you love who you thought would have been supportive and were not. And then you come up against people that you didn't really know at all, and they become some of your biggest allies. So it's okay to be honest and definitely reach out for help. I like that. Um, I think that's true in any part of your life. Like, mm-hmm. um, I sat down with a lady last, well, I don't remember what it was, but she talked about her daughter being diagnosed with diabetes Mm -hmm. and she grieved Mm -hmm. and and like she talked about the importance of that and how hard it was Um, because you do, it changes your life. What you thought your life would look like is going to be a little different. What you thought Jack's life was going to look like is different. Watched you just be so gracious and so kind especially to the kids in your class. Um, And you've had lots of children over the years. (laughs) There would be those kids that everybody was like, ooh. And somehow they always ended up in your class. That wasn't my accident, you know. Oh, it wasn't? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, I later heard that from my admin that it wasn't by accident. And it wasn't just one admin. It was (laughs) over the years. But, um, yeah, there's always that kid, and people dread seeing that kid. Well, go back to remembering that that kid 
is somebody's kid. Mm-hmm. That's somebody's baby. And so what you have to do, or what I found that worked for me, is number one, to keep that in mind, but also have high expectations for that kid again. But then, just like some little side things, um, treat that kid like he's your favorite or she's your favorite. Mm -hmm. That is your favorite kid in the class. And that doesn't mean you're putting the other kids in a secondary position. It just means you're showing them so much love and so much like, look how good she is at this, realistically, like not false. Right. Kids, kids mm-hmm. under, they have a good B, BS meter, you know. Um, tell, but you make them so revered in your classroom that they live up to it, and their kids get to see their peer in a different light that they hadn't had an opportunity to see before. It changes a lot. And if that's your, the kids admire you, right? <laughs> like you are on the pedestal for them. Right. And if you think that kid that's is exactly right. number one, <laughs> then they're going to think that kid is number that's one. That's exactly right. How you treat that kid it, is how they will treat that kid. I had one several years ago who I was also teaching a <laughs> baton cluster at that time (laughs) and you know he was the kid and he but you gave the kid a baton well no I made him the uh he pushed the special needs little girl in the wheelchair in our veterans day parade he was at the front of the parade and she's in the wheelchair she can hardly move but I'm like I need to see you twirling So she could, she just kind of wiggled it back and forth. But I literally put him at the front of the parade. And this is the kid that everybody else wanted to hide. And that's a twofold purpose. It gave him great purpose. It also mm-hmm. let me keep my eye on him the whole time. Right. <laughs> so I wasn't worried about him being somewhere else. Uh, it's exhausting, though. And one thing is ask your admin for a break every now and again because other people can do it. Other people can rise up. Right, because hopefully you've modeled. Hopefully so. And they watched. And that's something I would love to be able to do going forward is help teachers and help families um, on the path that they're on because I've walked it from both sides. Well, and maybe you retired so that you can go do that. Yeah, I would really like to do that. Yeah, (laughs) I think you have experience with that, so I think you should. Thank you. Thank you, Suzanne, for sitting down with me. Thank Um, you, Mackenzie. Appreciate you being (laughs) open and honest. (laughs)